Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Welcome to All Queued Up. Co-host Roll Call, Greg. Josh. That's all that's all there yeah. is, because there's just two of us. There 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 is only two of us, but I see what you were doing there. Hey, welcome to the Satellite of Love. Uh, I'm your host Josh and this is my Oh fuck. This, this is my co host Greg and I think uh, I think his personality circuits are maybe needing some work. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I I mean there's a there's a lot that needs work, but yeah. Um guys, welcome to All Queued Up. You know the show. Uh Josh and I review uh a couple Netflix shows, Hulu, Amazon Prime, what have you. Uh we give them our impressions, and then we give them a grade. Um uh where's my list of notes? Because I had that up and then I didn't. Um he still needs notes. Oh, dude. Trust me. That's <laughs> my life right there. I don't remember half the shit I'm supposed to remember. And I think the older I get, the worse it is. I'm like, I'm 30. I'm gonna, I'm 35, and I'm just like, I don't remember my middle name, guys. <laughs> I think I forgot it. I don't use it, so, you know. Um. Anyway, guys, uh, uh, one of the things we love Do to... Do you also have that problem, say, for instance, you don't know your own cell number because you never call it? No, I remember my own cell number. I don't remember anybody else's. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's really bad, because we should all remember at least three fucking numbers, including our own. Yeah, but, 911. God, I wasn't and, talking uh... about that one. Oh, okay. Like, you know, emergency contacts. Um, anyway, guys. Uh, Look what I did to him already. This episode. We're two minutes in and I've already got him. Let me tell them what we're going to review. No. God. Uh, She-Ra, the new She-Ra, the remake, if you will. And She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Is it the princess? Does it does it have that subtitle to it? It does. Okay, because I thought I thought that the original had that subtitle as well. So I was like, how do we differentiate well, the two? Differentiate the original was She-Ra, the Princess of Power. This is Princesses of Power. Yes, gotcha. Yes, gotcha. this is more inclusive. Um, which is not a bad thing by any measure, but that 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 is the differential. Uh, the other show we're going to review is Season 2 of Mystery Science Theater 3000. We are going to briefly kind of talk about Season 1 as well, since we didn't before, did we? Did we do? It's 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 technically Season 12 technically. of the overall show, but it's Season 2 of the Netflix revival, The Return. Yes. And we didn't speak about it so much, uh, but I did a blog entry right. earlier. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, you know, 
as as per usual, guys, um, some of the things that we talk about may not be kosher to some. I doubt it for this episode, considering the two shows. But if there's anything you don't like, go ahead and skip. Uh, we understand. Um, also, uh, we still have uh, merch available on allcuteuppodcast.com. Uh, not only do we have merch there, but that's where literally you can find everything and anything that we do. Uh, com for everything all queued up podcast it's the hub for all of our activities for our li- social media accounts audio locations literally everything uh, merchandising store and more it's your one stop shop for our bullshit um god what are we doing this episode Josh this is this got out of hand quick let's talk about Shira shall we well before we do you have something else I do, I do. I mean, you know, this episode is publishing uh, on the 30th, which is Friday. You may notice, the, depending on when you're listening to this, that there's an additional bonus episode that's dropping. And if you don't, pay attention, because there will be. Uh... Basically, uh, a friend of the show, Mr. Brian Volkweiss, the show creator of the toys that made us that we have had the absolute pleasure of interviewing twice in the past. Uh, We are conducting an interview with him. At the time of recording, we are going to conduct an interview with him tomorrow afternoon. uh, At this exact same time tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and we're going to publish it once he gives us the okay about his new venture. It is a little bit different, a little bit outside of our wheelhouse. Uh, normally, we just cover exclusive streaming shows, but this one is a network television show that is premiering on network TV. Normally, we wouldn't do that, but you know, we've established a pretty good rapport with Brian Volkweiss, and we really enjoy having him here on the show. And we joked about how he's kind of become our Marty Abrams, uh, making a reference to the toys that made us, how Marty Abrams has appeared in multiple episodes on that show. We're we're really excited to have this opportunity, you know, to kind of be one of the first people to bring you news about his new show. So you'll have to listen to that bonus episode to hear what that's all about. But we're super excited and we thank him for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, like I said, um, like Josh said, you know, there should be a new episode then. But if um, if you're listening to this and you don't see that bonus episode, it will, it will come up. Um, Absolutely. Soon. soon. Sooner rather than later. But, um... But yeah, let's get into She-Ra, shall we? Well, yeah, we'll discuss She-Ra. <laughs> we will absolutely discuss She-Ra. Uh, now, if you're like me, you grew up in the late 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, She-Ra was the Sister of He-Man. Well, in this new Netflix series, there is no mention of He-Man whatsoever. 
she was introduced in the 80s in a theatrical film release, uh, He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword. Uh, I actually watched it this morning just to see the similarities and differences in this new series and the old series. And this new series, you know, it, it, it follows Adora, who is the, she's an orphan. She's being raised by Hordak and the evil Horde. He is a tyrant who rules the planet Etheria. And she's on a mission one day and gets lost in the woods. She finds this, the Whispering Woods, as they're called. She uh, finds this magical sword. And it speaks to her. Like telepathic, you know, like in her mind. She sees visions and hears voices. It basically, it has chosen her as the new vessel of the Princess of Power, She-Ra. She realizes that the Horde has actually been a very tyrannical faction. Uh, they treat the planet and its people just terribly. And she decides to join the Resistance and rebuild the Princess Alliance a group of magical girls that oppose Hordak. And by doing so, this puts her at odds with her former best friend, Katra. So that's the premise on the new series. Now, the similarities to the old series, Adora was an orphan, and she was raised by the Horde, and she was a Force captain in the old series. And she thought that, you know, the Horde was just the way things were. She didn't view them as evil. She was implicitly kept away from all the uh, evil, underhanded tactics that they employed. And she was brought in for like, roundups, cleanups, things like that. So she was really naive and didn't see all the terrible things that were going on. And once her eyes were opened up to it, she joined the resistance. So those are where the similarities pretty much stop. Um, I certainly wouldn't call that a bad thing either. No, not at all. I know that you're not saying that, but I'm going to say it out loud that I think I think the route that the show took, the the new show that was so different from the '80s one, because that was the thing about about. I know that we all hold '80s shows very hard, you know, very close to our hearts. You know, like uh, Ninja Turtles, He Man, Transformers, what have you. But I don't. I mean, I know, I know that for the most part, they aren't good. Well, that's what, like, don't, I have a fucking, I have two posters on my wall that I can look at right now. One is of Transformers, 80s Transformers, and one is of 80s Ninja Turtles. Uh, mm-hmm. 80s Transformers is easier to watch, <laughs> but go back and watch He-Man. Go back and watch Ninja Turtles as an adult now and be like, yeah, this is so, so this yeah. is really good, because it's not. Um, yeah, it's it's... it's 
it's they 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 weren't great. <laughs> no, no, they're not. But that's fine. It's they were v, they were they were commercials designed to sell toys. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and they, it worked. Yeah, because oh, yeah. we loved we loved our Transformers. We loved our GI Joes. We well, we talked about our turtles when we when we when we did our uh, review of uh, Toys That Made Us season two, or was it season one where they talked about He Man? Season one. Season one. Okay. In that season, they talk, or in that episode, they talk about when Shiro was introduced, basically as a way to get girls interested in the He-Man line, and girls were already interested in He-Man, though. Oh, uh, that was the thing. It was basically the Barbie division. They're like, "Hey, we want in on this market." Okay. They specifically created Shira, um as a spinoff of He-Man because they wanted to share of the, they wanted the, a lot of the girls that were into He-Man weren't buying the He-Man toys they felt and they wanted to capitalize on that. Now, looking at this story, this story was basically created not as a vehicle to sell toys, but this was created as a vehicle to tell a good story and also create, you know, a well-rounded heroine that girls can look up to yeah. and aspire to emulate. Immediately watching, like, the first couple episodes of the show, I was like, okay, this seems very much in line with what My Little Pony remake was. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm a hundred percent for it. I think it's really good to kind of have that fun thing that maybe like, uh, a father of the eighties who grew up in the eighties can watch with his daughter, uh, a la you and your daughter, you know, like it's, and you know, that's, I tried to get her to watch it. She sat down and watched a few episodes cause it's aimed at girls her age it is specifically aimed at girls ages 10 11 12 however my daughter is 11 who thinks she should be as sophisticated as an 18 year old she got through two episodes she's like this is too childish for me and i'm like you're 11 she's like and i was like they're 11 and it, it's it's infuriating. I'm just like, <laughs> stop trying to grow up too fast. Just be a damn kid already. Well, I think that's the thing for me about girls in general that I've noticed. Uh, this can sound weird coming from a grown man, but. Um, well, you also work in schools, so. True. Uh, from my perspective, from what I've seen, girls grow up a fucking hell of a lot faster than boys. So mm -hmm. having a having a uh, a show that kind of has a childish theme to it, if you will, has a childish aura, while on top of that, kind of giving this really nice message. Mm -hmm. Like, is it going to land? Uh, I mean, it might with some, but maybe not all. Um, I don't know that it makes sense to me that that the age that you're that Madison is on top of how the show is done that she would not be as interested into it as let's say somebody who's maybe seven or eight you know yeah absolutely 
I think if this had come out two, three years ago in the same exact style and format, she would totally be into it because she was just more into things like that then. I just, uh, you know, Christmas is a month away. She's right now, she has turned Christmas upside down for me because I have no idea what to get her. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just like, what? Yeah, I know. It's uh, my my nephews are the same way because I was like, I was like, would you guys be interested in getting in playing Black Ops Four if I bought it for Christmas? And they're just like, yeah, we would. And I was like, oh, thank God. I thought I was gonna have to buy you something Fortnite related, and they were like, oh, you don't have to. That's an easy gift for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you suck. <laughs> boys are boys are a thousand times easier to please when it comes to Christmas than girls. I I will like. And this is coming from a generic gender-based uh, idea. Um, I mean, I imagine each kid is individually different, and, you know, this is not an absolute when I say it, but from my experience, uh, girls seem to have more sophisticated taste than boys. <laughs> so, Oh, absolutely. And, you know, especially... When they get to this age, it seems like it's just like one day they're playing with their dolls, and the next day, you know, they're like, okay, now it's time for me to wear the makeup and me to accessorize. Yeah. It's like, those are for babies. And it's just like, wait a minute. How'd you go from here to there overnight? I, 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 will, I will say this. Boys do have a tendency to also do the whole, that's for babies. That's for, that's for you know, uh, They kids. do, but it usually hits a couple of years later. And and it's also, like, a different type of that's for babies. Like, that's... By the way, we're getting off topic yep. here by leaps and bounds. Yeah, um, sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I just wanted to steer the... Steer the car back onto the onto, onto the course. Boy, that analogy got away yeah. from me. Um, you don't have a driver's license. Metaphor. That's called a metaphor, not an analogy. Greg, get your fucking shit together. Um, yeah. So, so this show, I, I really enjoyed how. For me, it was animated in a way that wasn't. It didn't seem like it was animated, other than a piece like a, a computer. Um. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing by any measure because that's just how things are done today. It's easier to animate on a computer than it is anything else. So you don't get shots like you would have back in the day where the the background is like painted and then you have cells on top of it. Like you don't you don't see that. Mm-hmm. That's not something that exists. So everything is in the same kind of the like same style no matter what you're looking at. The background, everything. Which it makes my, for a much more cohesive look. Yeah. And I enjoy that because, you know, like I said, I did go back and watch the original. And, you know, it's the static backgrounds with the animated cells moving across those backgrounds. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I don't miss this at all. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. It's different, and and I, I would say the other thing that's majorly different about it is that they really the style of the character. I was literally goddamn like you read my mind. Um, 
Yeah, like like when you watch the original series, all the girls are kind of have the same body type. They they're all Barbie esque. Mm-hmm. They're all curvy and voluptuous and uh, not what what and long hair, flowy hair, and yeah, like know, like Shira of... Shira herself when she's when she's just Adora, she's this athletic army type. Like she, she doesn't, mm-hmm. she doesn't wear dresses or anything like that. She's, she's always in a, in a, in, in a outfit of some kind. Well, yeah. In the original, she was in like a jumper kind of get up, you know, it showed off her legs, but she had a very, very feminine build, uh, you know, and the long hair makeup and all that. Well, what's great about her, about the style in which she's uh, like the fact that she wears that stuff in this show they built the character to work with that. It's not just mm-hmm. like slap it on because we have to fit a uh, a mold to, you know, like whatever. It was like it made sense to the character. And then when mm-hmm. she, when she transforms into Shira, it's not it's not what you would imagine when you think of Shira. And I and again I have to stress this is not a bad thing because you would imagine that a warrior princess would be a bit muscular. So is She-Ra. Like, straight up, she's got yep. muscle definition. Yeah, there, you, you see a physical transformation. It's, it's not just, oh, well, her clothes just changed and her hair changed. No. Her whole body type changes. She goes from... Uh, she's... she's she looks like she could punch through some walls, you know, and she increases her stature in height, you know, and they actually refer to her as being close to eight feet tall yeah. when she's in She-Ra mode. But speaking of She-Ra mode, in the original, nobody knew who she was. Oh, okay, so that... Man, in, in, in this, she's just whipping out the fact that she's She-Ra, like, hey, look at my precious, showing it to everybody. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, it it does drive me nuts to watch shows sometimes where the hero magically gets powers that make them a superhero, and mm-hmm. you know, like they gotta they gotta you know Batman Spider Man this shit where nobody knows the truth. Like I, this shit's old, man. Like I liked it. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get I get it. It's refreshing. But I was just like, it was jarring. She just flat out everybody, everybody. Everybody knows that she's She-Ra. Yeah. And they also realize, well, that sword's only going to work for her, so, you know, it doesn't do us any good. Yeah, I don't remember but, which character grabs it and yells uh, for the uh, Gloria. Uh, a couple Prince of them Paul? do. Glimmer, Glimmer tries it under her breath, and then Catra, uh, she's smart enough to realize that it's not going to work for her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Well, the, that was the... Catra. I, I want to talk about Catra for a second because she was the most, in my opinion, compelling character arc. Mm-hmm. Um, she went from having a a very close friend that she could rely on all the time to having an enemy of that same person, having the dilemma of do I side with this person. Coming to the conclusion that, no, I don't side with this person because I've worked so hard for what I have now with the Horde. Like, it was fucking awesome to watch her arc. 
Absolutely awesome. Yeah. She was more compelling to me than than uh, Adora, Glimmer, and Bo were. Like, it was... Oh, absolutely. I really, really, really enjoyed how they made, like, make fucking villains sympathetic. Like, make me feel for them. Make me see, understand their motives. Don't just make them fucking faceless bad guys. I hate that shit. Um, granted, Mordak is still a fucking faceless bad, or, uh, well, he's a, uh, He's a tyrant. He's a figurehead. Yeah. He didn't get a lot of screen time in this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, we don't know much about him to begin with, so it doesn't really fit into that, but... You get the idea that he commands lots of respect and fear from his legions. Yeah. It's like, they know, okay, we're not crossing him. What he says goes. But... Yeah, he uh, was used very, very sparingly. He was. But yeah, it, it's... For me, it's definitely one of those, like... I really appreciate how, like... If you're, if you're gonna... If you plan on watching this show, let's say you're a fan of the original, and you and you look at this show, and you go, eh, not for me, it's for girls, and a lot of yada, yada, yada. I do understand that it is... It is actually really well-written. Um... It's still, it is still for little girls because, like I, like, yeah, like I we said, we are this, not the, we are not the target demographic. Not by a long shot. They, they have a, uh, um, they have a way about the first, like I want to say, six episodes that are very, um, hey girls, you're special. Understand that kind of um uh message if you will without really going into too much character depth and it's not until at like halfway through the season that it really starts to tr- transform into its own thing like hardcore mm-hmm. so like i would say if you're planning on watching it stick with it cuz it it is worth it in my opinion and i think the season 2 is going to be better um, yeah, I mean the the it really picked up once it got to the quote unquote princess prom as they referred yes. to it. Yeah, which I think is about halfway halfway through the series. Yeah, a little. I think it's like episodes eight and nine because um they're trying to rebuild this princess alliance. They're trying to bring all of the princesses together. Which you find out each princess represents an elemental portion of the planet. Like Mermista, she controls the water. And Frosta, she controls the ice. And, you know, um, the planet, there can't be balance and harmony without all of them being united and aligned. And some of them are kind of standoffish. and neutral uh they're like well the horde doesn't mess with me so i'm not getting involved and you one of the princesses is believed to have perished in a mission to rescue glimmer and bow and she's like a uh, fascinated with tech 
And she, she was my favorite princess by far, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was she was very entertaining. And nobody ever paid her any mind because she's so fascinated with her experiments and trying to find out more about how this weird first one's tech and these crystals work. And nobody ever paid her any mind. So when Catra sees that she has been left behind, you know, everybody believed her to be dead. And she's like, they left you. She's like, but why would they leave me? Because you don't matter to them, but you matter to us. She played on her weaknesses and gave her access to the things that she would just wanted to tinker with. And just seeing how she could improve things, because that's all she was interested in doing. She doesn't realize that she is helping the Horde. She comes across as so absent-minded in that. She doesn't see morality. She doesn't see black and white, good and evil. She just sees tech and how to improve upon it. And that's the things that fuel her and fascinates her. So now she's been tapped into by the Horde, and it leads to the final showdown, her experiments and everything, and it was really well done. Because yeah. you get this, like, you see, you're like, oh, shit, this is going to end on a pretty dark note. But it didn't. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about that, but totally worth checking out. Really well done. Yeah, we should uh, we should definitely wrap up uh, Shira here and give our grades. Do you have any final thoughts, Josh? Uh, you know, go into it expecting that it is aimed for children. It is aimed at girls specifically. And go into it with an open mind, and I think you'll come out pleasantly surprised. Uh, don't expect anything from the original. And I think you'll be fine. If you're the kind of asshole on, on the internet who is complaining about this show um, hitting some kind of um, uh, feminist uh, agenda, uh, I just want to say, yeah, it fucking is. Deal with it. Um, it's trying to make girls feel less like they're fucking garbage. Right? That's the mm -hmm. whole fucking goal of the show is to make each girl feel special in their own goddamn skin. That's the goddamn point. If you're the type of piece of shit who can't see that, because you're a grown man who goes, Erishira and her friends were, they had boobs, and they had butts, and they were adults, and I could jack off to them. I can't jack off to this. If you're that kind of asshole, go fuck yourself. Sorry, I just need to get that out real quick, because that shit pisses me off. Well, the, there is incredible pressure on girls these days. And Absolutely. it's always been there. It's always been there. And people have always turned a blind eye to it. The pressure from social media, the pressure from magazine stands that has this your self-worth equates to what your body image is. It's absolute garbage and bullshit. And so many young women struggle with that. And young girls struggle with that. And 
as a father, my 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 daughter is struggling with this shit right now. And it is so hard as a parent to deal with this stuff because it's you know, we've all got our flaws, we've all got our differences. We all got things that, you know, we absolutely hate and would want to change. But with men, it is so much easier to dismiss. For girls, it's not. And people screaming, oh, she shouldn't look this way. Think about your words and how they affect somebody's daughter. Yep. Think about who think about you your to mom. Say how any who are you to say how anybody should look? Just think on that. That's all we're saying. Yep. Just yeah. It's uh, I mean I'm gonna be a little bit harsher with the, with it than I think you're being, Josh. I'm I'm just straight calling those people assholes. But um uh yeah. It just it's it's ridiculous to me that like men in general don't really have that pressure because when there's um you know when there's a bunch of heroes in a thing you know you got the muscular ones you got the fit ones and 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 then and then of course you're going to have a fat guy and he's he's just as powerful you know like or you're going to have a a short guy and he's just as powerful like he has, he has something special like guys in general mm-hmm. don't have the same kind of pressures that women do on looks so Mm-hmm. To have a show like this that's for girls that has a huge female cast. Like, it is, what, 90% female cast? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of males in it. You know, Bo, of course, he's one of the main trio. Oh, my God, what's the pirate guy? Seahawk. Seahawk. He, he is. He is fucking fun. Yeah. And then there's the uh, one cadet, Kyle, in the Horde. Oh, yeah. And, of course... And of course, Hordak. But other than that, is all female. Yep. And uh, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I personally welcome that shit because I think that girls need better role models, especially in cartoons. And you know, representation matters. Mm-hmm. Representation matters. You know, if you don't think that it does, you're fooling yourself. The the story that I remember uh, big time for about representation, Josh, was um, was right after Rogue One came out, and this uh, guy, um, or this girl, I'm sorry, this girl was talking about. She's like, she's like, let me tell you a story about my dad. If you don't think representation matters, um, uh, he we left the theater, and you know, he he came to America when he was a young man and he has a specific accent and it's always affected his life. And he's seen, he, he loves going to the movies. He loves like entertainment in general. And when we were leaving the theater after rogue one, he looks at me and he was like, the main character had the same accent as me. And she was like, yeah. And he just had this big old smile on his face. Like she knew, even though he had his you know older age, it mattered to him that there was a hero in a Star Wars movie that was him, that that yeah. represented him. So, and she'll she'll and you know, she was she was like, I'll never forget the glow on his face 
because of this. And uh, so whenever somebody's like, I ah, just not, it's not that important. I'm like, you you want to bet? Do you want to bet? It's so, absolutely important. Like I love Overwatch. Absolutely important. I love Overwatch, but there needs to be a little bit better of a like. Yes, put a black more woman diversity in, there. in the. Yes, put put a, put, yeah. put women in there that aren't necessarily slender or muscular. Like let's get a let's get a chunky girl in there. Like I'm just saying, more inclusivity just, just in general. But all right, of both you know of of, of both body type and race. You know, absolutely. Like, I, I dig it. I welcome it. Yeah. You know, it, that's another not, thing. That's another thing about look the... at the original. Look at the original Shira cartoon. Everybody was white, white and Everybody skinny, had the same accent. Everybody looked a certain way. You look at this. Hardly anybody is the same ethnicity or race. Yeah. Nobody is the same body type. They're all different, and it felt more natural. It didn't feel. It didn't feel forced. Didn't feel shoehorned. It just felt like I can see this world and believe this world, and that's a welcoming thing. Did you spot when a cartoon does it that well? Did you spot the one thing in there that really pissed off the people who get mad about oh, that kind the of shit? Oh, the two prince, the two princesses that you know were clearly were, a couple. So what? Well, I'm just what I what I love about that. So I'm just gonna throw this out here, and it's a little bit of a spoiler. But it's guys. the same thing. It's the same same thing about people getting upset about Sven uh, apparently turning out or Sven Shiro uh, turning out being gay in Voltron. So what? How does that well, affect anything? Oh, that's that's a different that's a different situation because the the uh, the gay people didn't feel like that was proper representation. That's all that was. Um, however. Um, I think the argument needs to be had that um, it would it would not behoove gay characters to just be like, I'm gay, like in the background, just let them be. And that's what I loved about how these two characters are shown. They're clearly a couple, yeah. but it's not it's not sh like nobody's screaming like. Look at the look at the gay couple. Like nobody's doing that. Like they're they just are there, and they're just as yeah. powerful as everybody else. Actually, they were yeah. fucking hilarious. Especially uh, what was the net one? The uh, what was her name? Natasha. Natasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's like because I toss nets. I oh my god, I had a good laugh at that. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, it's just like that kind of, like. It's crazy to me that people don't see the importance in that. I don't understand it. But anyway, we we need to get off our soapboxes and give this thing a rating. Um, All right, go ahead. Okay, I was like, who wants to go first? Um, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I loved it. Um, genuinely, genuinely love this show. It's not something that I think when season two comes out that I will um, that I'll that I'll like I'll I'll be on it immediately. Like I unless unless we review it, but. Um, it's definitely something I'm glad exists. It is a well-made, well-acted, well-written show that I think if you have, um, if you have a little girl in your life, definitely like introduce the show to her because I think she'll really enjoy it and, and it'll be something that she, uh, kind of latches onto. So, um, but, uh, 
yeah, I just I I, I thought it was a I, I just enjoyed it. So my grade for it is an A. Awesome, awesome. I am uh, I'm also going to give it an A. Uh, for you know the writing, the the opening theme song was really cool. It was catchy. I liked it. It wasn't very long, but it made its point. Uh, the the characterizations, you know, some really well done, strong written characters. Uh, just overall, this show was enjoyable. I enjoyed the representation, the inclusivity. Uh, well done. Well done. And by far, certainly more enjoyable than the 30-year-old original. Um, it's just bravo. So, thank you to the showrunner, uh, creator, Noelle Stevenson. I think she accomplished exactly what she wanted to in this. And I look forward to season two. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm really, like, I, I, at first I thought we, uh, you and I were going to kind of see eye to eye on like being, it being very meh because of the first couple episodes, but yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. This, this yeah. Is, if I can get my daughter to sit down and watch a few more episodes, I'm hoping she'll get past that meh point. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, she might. She also might not. She Maybe. might. She. She. At this point, she might also be really into boys. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I don't know. I'd say. Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. We should definitely hop right into Mr. Science Theater because we are forty minutes into this episode already. I know we. You know, I didn't intend for us to talk that long, and. Well, we had, there was a message. Shit. There was a message involved with the last show, so we had to kind of. We definitely needed to touch on it, so I'm, I'm cool with it. Um. But yeah, guys, so the, the other show that we're talking about today, um, Mystery Science Theater 2000, season 12 slash 2. Yeah. So uh, uh, if you don't know what Mystery Science Theater is, Jesus Christ, what rock have you been living under? Um, yeah, that that's the thing. That is something that people don't realize. Mystery Science Theater 3000 has been around since 1988. It actually debuted on Thanksgiving in 1988. Oh, that's right. I uh, so I I discovered the show. Did you say 1988? Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I discovered the show in the I want to say mid to late 80s. I'm oh, sorry, 90s. Um, my brother and I were really into just watching old films. We always uh, would sit down and and find some. B movie to to make fun of. We would we would riff on it ourselves, but you know because we're kids or at least mm-hmm. young teens, like our jokes are shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom would always sit there and watch them with us too, and she would riff as well. Um, so when we watched, we were watching Sci Fi Channel. We discovered Mystery Science Theater. We we immediately like latched onto the show. Oh, you didn't you didn't find out about it until after it had moved to the Sci Fi Channel. Yep. Wow. See, I was actually watching it when it was on the Comedy Channel before it even became Comedy Central. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that yeah, that was earlier than me by a long yeah, shot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh this was one of my favorite shows. 
And I love the fact that, you know, if you've never seen the show, that's the premise. Is It's just three guys sitting around making fun of how crappy old movies are, but they gave it a storyline. They're like, okay, it's the not-too-distant future. There's this guy. He's just, he works for this company, Gizmonic. His bosses didn't like him. They shoot him into space and force him to watch terrible movies to see what it does to his psyche. So the original guy was named Joel. He creates two robot or three robots to keep him company. Uh, and two of them watch the movies with him. Tom Servo, who looks like a little gumball machine with arms, and Crow, uh, who is, uh, you know, a golden robot. Uh, so you can see when you when you when you look at the robots, you can see the parts that were used to make them. Uh, because yeah. I remember watching a small documentary or something about what was used to uh, make Tom Servo and Crow, and like Crow is. Um, like a bowling pin for his beak, some kind of catcher's like not a mitt, but it's it's, it's a catching something like it's a net. Uh, it's yeah, uh, some to that effect. That um, but like every piece of 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 Crow and Tom Servo was designed to look specifically like Joel just had to find shit around the spaceship, just scraps to build to build the robots, which is really clever, but also at the same time also funny. Because it fits into the the idea of what a B movie is and what Joel or slash now Jonah will be watching. Um, mm-hmm. So I've I've always appreciated the fuck out of that. Um, but one thing that Mystery Science Theater three thousand does and this show does is like it's that's something I want to clarify real quick. Whether you're watching the new version or the old version, they haven't changed much. There's a bit in the beginning. A couple intermissions and a bit at the end. While yep. the film itself is just constant riffing while the movie's going. Um, that hasn't changed one ounce. The difference between this, like the, these two seasons on Netflix versus the original show, is they try to tie in that all the characters in the new version are the kids or related somehow to the original characters. Um, yeah. But one of the lines like the new Oh, go ahead. Say one of the lines in the theme song that I always point to whenever somebody kinda goes a little too deep into the lore of Mystery Science Theater is uh it's uh you may be asking yourself, how does Joel eat and breathe in space? And other science facts. And other science facts when you should just relax keep, and enjoy the show. Sh- yeah, keep keep in mind it's just a show you should really just relax. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a bunch of whatever. I I the the meat and bones of the show is the riffing on these terrible movies. Yep. Um, and God, God damn, do they do it well? God damn, do yes. they do it well? Yes, they do. That was that was a concern. I know a lot of fans had was like, can they have the comedy still there? Can they make that still a thing? God, yes, they can. <laughs> they absolutely can, and it it's stupid fun to watch. Um. I really enjoy the fact that they brought back the Invention Exchange, which was present in the Joel seasons um, and the first Mike season, Um, you know, because that's the thing. Joel Hodgson, who was the creator, 
he was uh he liked to do prop comedy so that was the whole reason they did the invention exchange skits it's just so he could get some of his funny things on on the show i'll admit and it worked i'll admit though some of those bits in between with invention exchange or whatever those jokes fell flat hard not all of them just a few of them like there was a couple times i'm just watching it going like "Uh uh-huh okay do you want to get back to the you know pat Oswald? i don't know why you signed off on this one this one's not good bud Well, that's the idea. The invention exchanges are usually supposed to be kind of cringy, anyway. No, it was. It, it wasn't cringy. It just wasn't funny. Like that. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is like, but um, yeah, I get I get what you're saying there. There were there were there were a couple that I that I did find funny. Um, uh, the fucking Sapaza stories. Sapaza stories. Sapaza stories. Uh, the other one, the other one that I'm reading Ethan from right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that was good. Oh God, there was another one that had me laughing, but I don't remember which one it was. I know that one of my, one of my favorite jokes was in the Mac and me movie. And it was, uh, (laughs) it was a real hard burn on Star Wars fans. It was a real hard, like something along the lines of like, um, it made fun of Star Wars fans. That's all I remember. Do you remember that joke at all? It was in Mac and Me when he's in the wheelchair going down the hill, and all of a sudden he loses control of the wheelchair, and he's flying down the hill, and they go, now this is pod racing. No, okay, so no, there was, there was, that was a great joke. That fucking made me laugh, too. No, there was... um, That one, and then when he flies off of the cliff over it, and he's like, we went through three Eric's in this movie. That was a great joke. No, it was, it was basically the line... The line was um, uh, something about like uh, uh, over over obsessive Star Wars fans. God damn it! I don't remember the joke. It's killing me that I don't remember the joke. Mm-hmm. But it was it I was it was genuinely the because I was just like fuck yeah, like stick it to him. Basically, the, the the joke was making fun of people who hated Last Jedi the way that they have. That was the joke. Oh. Yeah. But I caught it and was just like, yeah. The point is, is that each movie is long. Each episode is long. And there's, they riff. The jokes per second in the, in these fucking episodes is extremely high. Um. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot. You know, and each, each one's about an hour and 20 minutes to an hour and a half. Oh my god, um, during the fucking, uh, was it Killer Fish was the name of it? It was the Piranha movie? Killer Fish. There, there, there's this there's this moment where one of the girls has to get into a scuba suit and find something in the uh, under the water, and there's no fucking audio in the, in, the, in the movie other than, like, maybe a little bit of suspenseful music. So they do a whole musical number. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that fucking killed me! I was like, there's enough time in this stupid scene for there to be a whole fucking musical number. That is insanity. But what's great about this season that sets this season apart from any other season, you know, because the season 11 slash season 1 on Netflix, they did 14 episodes, right? Was it 14? 14 episodes. And it's just... You know, the whole premise is, let's make Jonah watch a movie to see how long it takes him to crack. And that's all well and good, but this one, they're like, no, we've done it. We have created the gauntlet. 
and it's just like six of the worst movies of all time, back to back to back to back to back to back. Can you take it? Can you do it? And the idea is they wanted to to do it so it was more to kind of fit into the binge-watching theme. That's why it was only six episodes this time. To where you could do it in a day, like if you had a free day or a rainy day, you could do it yourself and go through that experience if you can. Uh, that, w- that was uh, really well done. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, it's, I I would recommend, I would definitely recommend watching this show in short intervals, don't binge it like we did, or at least like I did, because I had a very short amount of time to watch all of it. Um, I find that my attention kind of wanes when I watch too many of these at once. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's easy to do. Uh, you know, I like watching one at a time. I really do. Yeah. Um. Because it's just like, oh, you here's the thing. You don't have to pay super close attention to whatever they're watching. You can just be listening to it like, yeah, I can be doing something, you know, cleaning up, straightening up or cooking or whatever. And just hear the shit that they're saying and just absolutely lose it because it is genuinely hilarious stuff. If you've that, that that's one of the things we've mentioned. You know, we've got a Patreon site. One of the things that Greg and I want to do is this type of style thing. Like, take something absolutely horrible and do the whole riffing process on it. You know, MST3K style. Uh, if you want to hear some of that, become a patron. Just so. <laughs> It's absolutely enjoyable. Um the 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 first the season eleven they had a lot of guest stars show up. Um, see this season they didn't have as many guest stars, but that's okay. It's also uh, a lot shorter. It, it's a it yeah it's by far a lot shorter. You know last season fourteen episodes you're looking at ninety min fourteen ninety minute episodes versus six. <laughs> mm. Uh yeah. But yeah, absolutely a lot of fun. Uh, you know, love the I love the live intro now. The well, it's not a live intro, but you know, the intro, the way it's shot, uh, the theme song. It's like Jonah. It it's occurring while he has been lured into this trap and being taken captive. You know, here's this pan singing his theme song. He's walking by him and everything. It's like, what's going on? This is not. Yeah. I love the theme song. You know, I love how uh, they've created, you know, a couple of new robots now. You know, Growler and uh, what was the other one called? Uh, Miss. Mr. Something. Uh, Mr. Waverly or something. Yeah, like Waverly, Waverly. I thought it was Miss Waverly. I could, rem- I could be remembering it wrong, but that's what I remember hearing. Regardless, the show is the show is fantastic. It's Mystery Science Theater, and it's and it's like I know a lot of people are are upset with Tom's voice. Apparently, his voice isn't as good as the original guy, but I think it's close enough to where I barely noticed it. Um, so what if his voice is different? That's the thing. It's a different guy playing the character. So what? 
I don't know. That, that's how I feel about it, but I know that some people have noticed it. I'm just pointing it out because I know that, you know, that's just something for people. Um, but uh, any other shot thoughts before we move on to grades, Josh, for that? Uh, no, I mean, there's really not a whole lot to say about it. You know, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's mindless fun. I love how they still do the cardboard sets, like the miniature crafted sets, you know, for intros. And, you know, still the, the same formula that worked 30 years ago still works today. It's, it's fascinating. Um, oh, let's go and move on to grades since I did uh, Shira first. Why don't you go ahead and give your grade on this Oh, one well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to give it an A. I mean, MST3K has been one of my absolute favorite shows ever since I was 13 or 14 years old. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, when I was young, I would go to uh, my grandparents' uh, houses every other weekend, and uh, they had the comedy channel. I did and that's how I first got introduced to it. You know, Sunday mornings, I would, I absolutely would watch every Sunday. I would, this was back in the day of video cassettes, VCRs. I used to tape videotapes and record episodes of MST3K so I could take them back home and watch them and show my friends because none of us had the comedy channel in my town. And everybody's like, oh my God, this is just the best thing ever. So that was really cool. And to see that they're still doing it in that fashion, it not only hits my, my, my nostalgia uh, bone there, you know, it's connected to the shin bone, the nostalgia bone is. Not only does it do <laughs> that, but it's still relevant and fresh and hilarious. Bravo. I hope we get another season of this. I hope we do. Uh, I absolutely love it. I give it an A. Um, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm giving it an A as well. Everything that you said, it's uh, one of the things I really dug about it was how um, uh, current the jokes were. It, it's not just let's riff on the movie and make fun of the movie, but it was also, you know, let's let's make fun of pop culture and things like that that I thought were really cool to have in there. Um, uh, I, I, I really enjoy the cast um, outside of, you know, the the ones what you know riffing on the movie you know felicia day mm -hmm. and pat Oswald being pat Oswald. the main bad guys like that's a lot of fun um and i kind of like how they have like an overarching story that kind of goes with those bits even though it's not as important um it's just fun it's a fun show to just literally just relax and watch it's there's nothing else to do with that show but just sit back and laugh with them. So I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it's, and if you, if you've loved it in the past, you should love it now. I don't see an issue with like, I don't see how you could not enjoy it. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, so, you know, I guess, uh, A's across the board today. Everything gets an A. You get an A you get an A. Just the two shows get an A though right now. That's because it's just two shows. And if you're listening to this, you get an A too. Hey, look at that. Look at your A that you just got. Uh, guys, next week is going to be interesting. So, not next week. I do that all the time. Next, 
next episode. Every every episode, I'm do that. That's my thing. Um, next episode, guys, we are going to be doing. Uh, definitely, we're doing the show called Homecoming, and that's on Amazon Prime exclusively. Um, mm-hmm. The other show that we stars. Good. Stars Julia Roberts. Uh, it looks very interesting. We just discovered it today, so we're like, yeah, we absolutely want to watch that. Hey, look. We're watching something that's not on Netflix. See, it does happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is, is that Amazon, Hulu, and and YouTube they Red, put out their original content a lot less frequently. Way less frequently. Um, this one just came out a couple of weeks ago, so it's still relevant enough and new enough to be worthwhile to cover. Yeah. Another thing is guys that uh, one of our, one of our big things is that I have a really hard time, especially with my new job and my schedule, uh, watching shows that have been out for a while. So like if it has more than a season, it's just not going to happen. Um, since you know, the, the idea of the show is to watch two shows in their entirety, unless it is to watch just the first season of a show that's been out for a while then maybe we'll talk. But as of right now, this is, we just, we're trying to do new shows, shows that are coming out or or been out for a very short period of time. Um, but, uh, but guys, if there is a show that you want us to check out, go to our social medias, let us know. Uh, you go to allketopodcast.com on the sidebar on the front page. It shows every single place you can contact us. Let us know if there's something that we missed that you would like us to talk about. We'll be more than happy to, if it's the, the, within reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. The other show we were yeah, that sorry. is tentative on the schedule uh, drops on Netflix on December seventh. It's called Dogs of Berlin. It is a another German production. Uh, that's tentative. Something else may pop up uh, on our radar, and we may switch to that. Just follow us on social media the, so you can be sure. But for I wanna, now, I want to be honest with our with our audience. The other reason that it might be tentative is because um, that's a very short time before we record the next episode. And um, uh, as as many of you know, as I've talked about before, I'm a big gamer. I play lots of different video games, and on the seventh is when the new Super Smash Brothers comes out, and I want to play a lot of that game. Um, if I'm feeling like I don't, I won't have enough time to watch Dogs of Berlin. We'll probably change it, maybe to another, maybe to a movie or something to that effect. But it's that's why the show is ten, that's why it's a tentative one right now. It, it it could change at the drop of a hat. However, definitely Homecoming. That show looks awesome. Yeah, it's digestible. So, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I mean, hell, I could start watching it now since it's already out. But um. Hmm. Uh yeah. Other than that, guys. Um, that's uh that's that for that what, for that for next uh, next episode. Yeah. What watch for our special uh interview episode with Brian Volquist talking about the new show. Watch for that to drop. It could drop today. It could drop tomorrow. It could drop Monday. It might be a week or two from now. Just keep an eye out for it. We will be promoting it heavily on our social media accounts. Once we are able, um, so, you know, absolutely. We're excited about that opportunity and, uh, 
other than that, I guess we'll get some where you at and get out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I'll go first, Josh. Um, All right. Just go ahead. You'll follow me on Twitter at ChubRockGeek. You can also follow me on just about everything at ChubRockGeek, including Twitch. Um, uh, I also do a, a podcast with uh, my friend Anthony. Uh, it's called All Q- or the Mission Start Podcast. Uh, we're actually going to record an episode today, the day of the recording of this, not the day of when this goes live. Um, but uh, Pretty much after we get done recording this, you've got to go and record that. Yeah, so if you want to check out that show, which we talk about gaming news, um, we give our, our, our opinions on what's going on in the world of gaming. Um, you can check that out at, at missionstarpodcast.com. Or uh, just search Mission Star Podcast on like Spotify or other uh, uh, other podcast places. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, that think that's about it for me. Josh, where can they find you? Oh, I'm everywhere. You can find me on Facebook under my my government name, Josh Fisher. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really friendly, open person, uh, easy to, I love to have conversations with new people. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ansabanur1976. You can find me on this show every other Friday with Greg. You can catch me on... MPSP Theater every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. That's part of the Cool Table Network, uh, the Realm of Collectors. That's a group of like-minded people doing a hub of podcasts. They're all great shows. Um, There's a little bit of something for everyone. Uh, But... You can also find me on Off the Runner that I do with my friends Chris and Dakota and Tyler and Dalton. And that's usually on the Primal Sabbath YouTube channel. Sometimes it's on the Bricks on the Dollar YouTube channel. And starting uh, very soon, my own YouTube channel, because we found out that I have the capability of uh, hosting that as well. So, you know, it's a cool podcast where you just get on there and basically build models on air and when it's live you know and we got people in the chat we can answer questions about building techniques uh you know painting styles things like that uh and just you know general busting each other's balls all that so it's a lot of fun but those are the places where i am on a regular basis (laughs) yeah i uh you know shout out to the uh um Oh my god, the, the network, world. the realm. Thank you, Jesus. I could not think of that word. Something. <laughs> the realm of collectors. Yeah, they uh, a bunch of awesome dudes who've given us a lot of shout outs and and uh, helped us out quite a bit. So uh, love those guys. Um, I hope to have a Saturday. You off totally need you you need to join up in the community, man. I'm telling you, you really. I'm do. so bad about paint. Like I barely got into the uh, Secret Santa thing, dude. So <laughs> I know, I know. Well, here's the thing. The Realm just launched a Discord, so I know you use Discord. (laughs) But anyway, 
Um, we can discuss that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's off. It's off. Off stream. Uh, but yeah, guys. So again, uh, Homecoming. Check that out on Amazon. Watch Dogs of Berlin. Maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, again be updating that kind of stuff. Definitely watch Mystery Science Theater and Shira. Good shows. I think you'll have fun with them. Josh thinks you'll have fun with them. Um, but yeah, guys. Um, I know that uh, this next week is like it's been a it's very light in content uh, halfway through December because the the following episode we're gonna have some cool stuff. Uh, we kind of looked ahead and we we're just like, oh, this show and this show and then uh, especially the yeah, end of yeah. Voltron, the fucking end yeah. of Voltron. I know that's insane. It's crazy. But yeah, guys, again, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, um, Genocide Squirrel for the art that we have. Thank you to McKay for helping us out with the website as much as she did. And thank you to um, uh, Balthazar slash Cody. Uh, don't remember his last name for the life of me. Um, for uh, doing our intro for us. <laughs> don't fucking snicker at that. <laughs> I mean, you know. Think Castaway? Wilson? Okay, okay. Well, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end, this, end the podcast. Guys, thank you again for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>